Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Let me tell everyone, happy Father's Day. Uh, You know, uh, thanks so much for all of you who have stood the test of time and strengthened your families and and been a real good, you know, source of counsel. Uh, Fathers today will include not only biological fathers, but also spiritual fathers, foster fathers, adoptive fathers, those father images in our life, and those father images from the Word of God and from those also throughout the pages of our history. We appreciate fathers you know today the title of our sermon is going to be fathers priests and kings fathers priests and kings and you will uh, you know know what I'm talking about here in just a little bit when God could have introduced himself to us as anything and anyone you know he could have been the sun the moon the stars he could have been fire he could have been thunder he could have been lightning God could have introduced himself to us as anything whatsoever God chose to introduce himself to us as a father. That's the image that God wants. That's the image that, that, that's what God wants. God chose to introduce himself to us as a father. Think about that for just a moment. Okay? We cannot judge God by our earthly experience with fathers. Okay? And it's not even really at times fair to, to judge our fathers by the heavenly image because he happens to be perfect. And none of us are. But when God could have been anything, think about it, especially fathers. Let me speak directly to you today. Think about it. When God could have been anything, he chose the image of a father. Attacks on fathers and father images and, you know, the primary roles of a father and uh, that that God-ordained leader of a family structure attacks on fathers and fatherhoods is an attack by the devil on God and that's something that we really need to put as a standard in our life and realize that whenever we see Hollywood minimizing fathers or marginalizing or you know making them buffoons and you know removing them from from elements you know and and you know making fun of them you know uh, whenever there is an attack on fathers and fatherhoods it's an attack by the devil on God trying to tear down the structure that God has ordained in the earth it is important to realize that, that uh, you know, uh, higher education will never be able to teach you something that is more true than God. We can ill afford to allow our favorite TV programs or you know, the things that we might learn to, to drop in our minds what the devil intends to slander and belittle and marginalize fathers in general or especially your father. Fathers are meant to be one of the most honored gifts from God. Fathers are intended to fulfill the roles of a prophet, a priest, and a king in a home. That is a role, to be a prophet, to be a priest, and to be a king to the family. That is the role. You might say, hold on a second, I'm going to back up from that king. Yes, this is the image that God has created. In fact, at one point, it is... At, 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 at some point in life, we need to realize that God cast himself in this image for a reason. 
The only thing that God ever wanted was to be a father. That's all he wanted. And when his work on earth is done, whenever all of this is over and everything that we see and we know has changed and and whenever every earthly experience has been experienced, the only thing that God will have left for all of his hard work, the only thing that God will have left for his investment is a family. That's all. Those are the only ones that are stepping into this new heaven and this new earth. It's the family of God. So evidently, this structure that God has created and this analogy that he has lent to us so that we might better understand him in our limited world is an important truth to hold on to. You see, the one thing God wants from you today is to let him be the father you need right now. That's what God always wants. That's God's whole endeavor. Every day, day in, day out, waking and sleeping, in your happy days, in your sad days, in your you know, celebratory days, and in the days that tax you. God just wants you to let him be your father, the father that you need right now and whatever's going on in your life. Do you know God wants to help you celebrate your victories? And he wants to laugh with you and cry with you. He wants to enjoy the things that you enjoy. And he is easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He understands our frustrations, our aggravations. He understands the things that irritate us. And God just wants to be a good father to you. That's all he wants right now. If you would let him be your father right now, if you would say, okay, I'm going to let you be my daddy. Do you know we could just close this book and get out of here? That's enough. Because he is a good, good father. That's all he wants to be. And we can't measure God by the experience that we have had with earthly fathers. Sad to say, not every earthly father experience has been a good one. But God does not legislate to the lowest common denominator. God does not legislate to loopholes. God does not legislate to failures. God is perfect, and he gives us a perfect example, and he encourages every one of us to strive toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's his hope that even in our failures and in our hurts and fears that we would nonetheless reach out And allow him to be our father. And then allow him to supply fathers along the way in life that can continue to influence us and speak into our life. Guard, guide, protect us. Be a prophet, a priest, and a benevolent king in the days that we needed. But this will not happen without some personal effort on our part. You see, sometimes even good fathers find it difficult to be a father because there's no effort on the other side of that equation. The most important father in the room today is God, and it is important that we realize that our world today is in trouble. And what we need more than anything else is some fathers. We need some good, godly fathers today. Oh, listen, a good father can, can, can fix this and can make sure it all gets straight. It needs to. 
There are things that need to change. No one is denying that. There are things that need to get done. And we should all agree to that. And most of the mistakes of our past have been because fathers have allowed those mistakes to happen. Many have taught their children wrong things by what they said or what they did or what they allowed or what they tolerated. But so many have stood up. So many have strengthened our families, our communities, our nations. Fatherhood equals responsibility for others. Think about that for a moment. Whether you're a biological father, a spiritual father, an adoptive father, a foster father, or a father image to someone else, think about it. Fatherhood equals responsibility for others. No longer just responsible for yourself, but responsible for others and caring about them to a point to where you want them to have a good and, and profitable and happy and, and you know, fulfilled life. Seeing that our world is in such turmoil and godly fathers are in such need today, let's begin our message in the book of 2 Chronicles in chapter 15. Read along with me if you would. I'll, I'll, I'll add a few things that will be interesting. You know, one of my goals as a pastor is to meet you wherever you are and to take you to a place of prayer. So some of you came in this morning uh, from one place. You know, you all took different roads and came from different houses, came from, you know, different experiences to be here today. It is my father's hope that as a pastor today, I will be able to give every one of you something to pray about today, something to take home. Okay? And so let's begin reading 2 Chronicles chapter 15. This is along about 900 B.C., Okay. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. Now who in the world is Azariah? Well, Azariah is, a, is just obscure prophet. We only see him here. Okay. He's a prophet of God. Very obscure. He's the son of Oded. Well, that's perhaps also the prophet Iddo, if you, uh, if, if you read um, other translations. Oded, his father, that name means restorer. So this is a son of restoration. This is, this is a guy that is born into restoration, okay? He wants to see things, you know. I mean, he is a seed, he has a root of restoration. And believe me, your father makes a difference. His father made a difference in his life. Oded made a difference in Azariah, Azariah's life because here, born into a family, you're born into many times, you know, that, that family ideal. How many, how many times uh, did, did, did God call a whole family or, or, you know, uh, to follow their fathers? And we know that not only do the sins of the fathers visit children, but also, you know, righteousness endures to a thousand generations. Isn't that pretty good? Sin only follows, uh, you, know, you know, third or fourth generation. But righteousness endures to a thousand generations. Well, that's a pretty good deal. Well, here his dad was a restorer, and, 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 and he named him Azariah, which means the healer. It means physician. It means doctor. Okay, doctor, you're born in restoration. 
okay? What a deal, huh? You see, because names are very important, especially whenever we are reading these inspired scriptures that God has given us to understand the deep things. It's a glory of God to conceal a matter, but a glory of a king to search it out. And fathers, we need to search out what God is trying to say. Here the prophet, the healer, you know, even a representation of Jesus, you know, the son of a restorer. I mean, who is a better restorer than God? Here all of a sudden, a word from God is going to come to a king. Jehovah helped. This restorer is going to be a helper. He's going to help. Oh, aren't we looking for help today? You know, whenever the nation of Judah needed help, God sent a helper. God sent somebody that knew something, was born in a house of restoration. Verse 2, this prophet he went out to meet Asa, King Asa, king of Judah. Along about, you know, uh, Asa reigned for like 40 years. But Asa was a, was a grandson of David, okay? There was David the king. You all remember him. He had a son named Solomon. David reigned about 40 years. Solomon reigned about 40 years. And Solomon had a son named Rehoboam. Rehoboam reigned, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the kingdom split into two. And Rehoboam was king for 17 years. And Rehoboam had a son named Abijah. And Abijah, he only reigned for three years. Why? Well, the Bible tells us he had 14 wives, 22 sons, and 16 daughters. No wonder he only lasted three years. But <laughs> along about 9, 10 or so, Abijah's son, Asa, became king. And Asa reigns for 41 years. He was a good king. The Bible tells us that his heart was after the Lord all the days of his life. Wow. Well, this is that Asa. And Asa's name means physician. Interesting. So let's go back over this. The prophet who had his spiritual roots in restoration was sent by Jehovah to help this king become a healer in the nation. Verse 2, we pick up where we left off. You know, and, and, and you know, he went out to meet Asa, this prophet did, and said to him, Hear me, Asa. And all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. <laughs> okay, now listen now. This sounds familiar. Listen to me now. Remember fathers are, 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 are you know, prophets, priests, and kings in their homes. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, king. You know, when you seek after Jehovah God, you will find him. Boy, what a promise. What a promise to a father. What a promise to a prophet, a priest, a king. What a promise to a leader of anything. What a promise to a leader of a business or, you know, anything. I mean, a leader of a crew of men or women working. What a promise to a teacher. What a promise to a leader that when you seek God, you will find him. A pretty good deal. But he continues. <laughs> But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Uh-oh, the other side of that coin. If you walk away, if you abandon him, if you, if you draw back, if you, if you stop pursuing him, uh, then, then you will find yourself out there by yourself. 
You'll find yourself alone. You'll find yourself trying to do it by yourself. Now, if you seek for God, he's going to help you. But if you don't seek for him, you'll find yourself only able to do it yourself. And Asa, my goodness, come on now, look around you. Do you remember last week we talked about this, that, that, that God is not thinking like you're thinking unless you're thinking like he's thinking. Remember last, last week's message. That's what we centered on. God is not thinking like you are thinking unless you are thinking like he is thinking. Okay, He's not lining up with you. You have to line up with him. If you seek him, you find him. If you don't, then you might be out there really on your own. The Lord is with you while you're with him. No guarantees otherwise. If you walk away, then hey, uh, God help you. You're just left to your best. Now, why did Asa need to be reminded by God? Why did the king, what was going on that God sent a prophet to King Asa to remind him that, listen, if you seek me, you'll find me. But if you don't, you're just going to be left to figure it out by yourself. Well, look at verse 5. Let's find out what was going on, that this was necessary. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. Sound familiar? Hello, what was going on there in Judah? There was no peace anywhere. It didn't matter whether you went outside or you stayed in the house. There was no peace anywhere. I mean, to, to, to the one that, that went out or the one that came in, great turmoil, great confusion, great distress, great problems. Everybody was aggravated, irritated, frustrated. You know, and, and, and look at verse 6. So nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity why were they being troubled by god because they had forsaken him well we'll get to that in just a moment why was the adversity going on because of god's allowance we've talked here in the past few months about the active and the passive judgment of god We've talked about an Old Testament time very quickly, catching us up. If you want to get more of this, it's on Wednesday nights, by the way. But, but in the Old Testament time, we see a very active judgment of God. We enter into a New Testament time, and we see a passive judgment of God. We enter into the tribulation, and once again, we see the active judgment of God. Today, we live in a passive judgment of God. The fact that God is not hurting us. But all he has to do is back up and say, fine, do it yourself. Because there's so much sin. There's so much sickness and depravity. Can you imagine a world without God? Can you imagine how far Lucifer has fallen since the day he was cast out of heaven and his only desire? Can you imagine how depraved he is? You know, God will not allow any sin, any rebellion into the next world. And the reason why the devil and his angels and death and hell shall be cast into the lake of fire and everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life is because God cannot afford for this to happen again. And it's so important we realize that God today is not throwing hailstones at us. 
but he is allowing us to have whatever we want. I heard a pastor say one time, people ask me, can, can, can a Christian have a demon? He said, I'm a faith man. I believe they'd have anything they want. <laughs> Funny, huh? Nation was being destroyed. I mean, years in Judah. In Judah, years of idolatrous leadership in the nation by the fathers, the priests, the prophets, and the kings. That's what had happened. This was the result. What we're reading here in this turmoil that was going on where there was no peace, whether you're in the house or out of the house, where city was against city and, and people were destroying city after city and, and nations. Why? Because nobody had any peace. Everybody was in distress. Why? Because they had forsaken God. Well, let's, let's read that in a moment. They were depressed and stressed out and worried and angry and tearing stuff up. Why? They were destroying the fabric of society, nation by nation, city by city, because they had walked away from God and were without godly leadership. They were without godly leadership. It's the result. What we are seeing in America and around the world today is a lack of godly leadership. It has been. In our history, you know, in our 244-year history, we have seen many times in our nations and many injustices from a sheer lack of godly leadership. Whether today we are talking about what's happening in our streets or what's happening in our police departments, what's happening in our nation, in our cities, whatever we are talking about, there is an evident void of godly leadership. Why? Let's read and see what happened here. How did it get that way? Well, there are three reasons why God removes His blessing from a family, from an individual first. A family, a city, a nation, or a generation. There are three reasons why God will just back up and let you come to a place. You know, the whole book of Revelation is a book of redemption, showing the extreme measures a loving God will go to. And yet, through the book of Revelation and all the problems in the active judgment of God against sin, and then all of a sudden, you know, you'll come across the scripture that says, and yet they did not repent. What's wrong here? Haven't we had enough yet? God's doing his best to bring salvation and hope and help. He's sending one, has sent one born in restoration, in reconciliation, and he is our helper. That's what Azariah was, was the helper. He is our helper. We have a Holy Spirit born from restoration who, who is the seed of re who wants to restore, not restore our old ways, not preserve our sins, not take us back like it used to be, but to restore godliness to lives and families and futures. Yeah. Boy, I'm preaching good. 
Is this okay? Oh, come on now. Come on, sitting out there, give me a clap right there in your house. Come on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen now. Okay, listen. Three reasons why God backed up here in Judah. Three reasons why he backs up and we experience, you know, nationwide, worldwide problems. Verse 3, here's the reason why. People, there was no peace. People were in turmoil, you know. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God, number one. Without a teaching priest, number two. And without law, number three. Let's talk for just a moment about a nation, a world, a family, an individual without the true God. A nation of idols, as was Judah in that day. Now Asa, this physician, you know, this king, this Dr. King, isn't that funny? He was the Dr. King of his day. <laughs> he is going to remove the idols. That's one of the first things he's going to do is go and start removing all the idols. And God is going to bless him, and the nation is going to have peace for 38 years as a result of him just cleaning up a little bit, getting back to God. Idols are plentiful in our nation today. Reckon what people are worshiping who aren't in church today. Ooh, better get back off that one, hadn't I? Yeah, come a little close. Well, no, you've got a teaching priest. Some preachers won't tell you, but thank God for those who will and the small churches they pastor. <laughs> well, that's for all you pastors out there. If you want a big church, just start preaching what the world wants to hear. Woo! Come on now. Whoa, it, you, your church will double and triple. I mean, it will quadruple. Money, you'll have so much money. Yeah, you'll get invited on television programs and probably get your own radio show. <laughs> Glory to God, hallelujah. Okay. The only God that many serve is the one that agrees with their opinion. Not the true God, but the God that agrees with my opinion. Come on now. The God that champions my cause. That's the one I'm going to serve. That's the one I believe in. The one that, you know, destroys my enemies. People worship politics, power, and the praises of men. Listen, God is not divided. Why is our nation? God is not divided. Why are our families? We need a true God. Amen? We just need a true God, not idols, and not a God that we've fashioned that agrees with our opinion. Not a God that we fashion that, that, that understands our dilemma. You know? Or, you know, is tolerant of our sins. Number two, without a teaching priest. Now, uh, you know, 
Listen, there should not be a confused word coming from the pulpits of America and this world. Okay? We should have teaching priests standing in the pulpit understanding that what we're supposed to teach is the Word of God. Not a sound of a trumpet that is not clear. Let me be clear. Much of the problems in America is because of, we, of not having a teaching priest. Now listen to me before you get too excited. Because fathers, you are the priest of your home. When have you sat down and taught your children what is right, what is wrong, what they can do and can't do, should do and shouldn't do, and got your finger in their face and said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You're not going to be found out there doing that. You're not going to be believing that. You're, you're stinking and you're thinking. Get right with God. And this is why. And teach them, not just by what you say, but by what you do, to love God more than they do themselves and to love others as much as they do themselves. And then we teach by demonstration, you're the priest of your home. Who do you think is going to teach your children? SpongeBob? Dora? Oh, I was just getting on to you real good. That felt good. I'm actually not mad. I'm just passionate. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> we have ordained commentators to be our priest. And we have believed and we repeat their report. Oh, I vetted this. What do you do? Find three more people that wrote the same thing? You've been Googleized. Oh, I have sources. There's one source for truth. And even when you find out bad things about people, that source says don't repeat it. It doesn't say don't ignore it. It doesn't say ignore it. But it does say don't use God's word to make things worse. We silence and we kill the prophets that God sends to us along with anyone that does not agree with our idol's agenda. Well, I should have put that in red. That was a good one, wasn't it? Okay. Number three, the third reason why God, number one reason God, uh, you know, backs up from nations, from families, from communities, is because they're without a true God. For a long time, they have been. It's not just, I missed God, oh my goodness, is he going to, you know. No, it's for a long time. It has become a way of life to be without a true God or without someone who is a leader in your life teaching you. In this case, fathers priest kings number three he said it's because you're without law 
This Hebrew word law here is Torah, which we understand represents today Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, which encapsulate the will of God, the way of God, the word of God. As a nation and as a generation, America is here. We are without law. Our laws are not based upon the word of God any longer, but based upon social agendas based upon political ideologies, based upon whoever is in power at the time that it's signed in to law. Google has become our go-to instead of God. And the articles that we read have become our truth instead of the Bible. We rehearse statistics instead of scriptures. Whether you pull statistics out of this storyline or out of this storyline, trying to support a position, an ideology. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me do this, not personal, but if it shoe fits, wear it. You're all without peace, in turmoil, frustrated. Why would all of our nation be frustrated if anyone was right because we're drawing from different details and drawing from different statistics and drawing from different scenarios instead of drawing from the Word of God you can't believe the right you can't believe the left you can't believe the middle as we said last week, you know, God is not a Democrat. I have it on good authority. God is not a Republican. I have it on good authority. God is not even an American. I have it on good authority that, that God does not, you know, um, he, uh, he is not in love with CNN. But neither is he in love with Fox News. God has his own story. And until we embrace the true God, and until we begin to teach those that look to us fathers, and until we decide that we're going to stop sharing the bad news more than we share the good news, that we're not going to abandon godly guidelines and embrace some personal truth. There is no personal truth. It's one of the biggest lies the devil ever sold to anybody is that there's a truth for you. Yes, there is. His name is Jesus. Daddies, I know some people are, well, well, all you want to. Listen, you need a daddy. You need a daddy that loves you enough to teach you the law of God. Jesus said it's encapsulated. All the law stands on two foundations. One, as I said, love God more than you do yourself and love others as much as you do yourself. He said all the law and all the prophets are encapsulated in those two tenets. We cannot expect Jehovah God to stay in our homes not get out of our houses. We gotta, we gotta take him out into our streets. Take him out in public. 
Well, you know, Judah was in trouble in 900 B.C. Our nation is in trouble. So what do we do? Just quit? What do we do? I mean, what can you do about it? Well, I mean, what difference do you make? Well, let's don't stop reading here, okay? Verse 4. <laughs> I love this. God never leaves us without a remedy. You know that? You know? The first word in verse 4 says, but. <laughs> Come on, everybody say, but. but. I preached a sermon one time that God's got a big but. That every trouble you have, there is a but right behind it. You know, many are the afflictions of, of, of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. This but's for you. But when? Now they were in trouble and they had no peace and they were in turmoil, but when in their trouble they turned, this word also means returned. When in their trouble, people who had never turned to God before turned to Him, and people who were once walking with God returned to the Lord Jehovah, God Elohim, the Lord God of Israel, and sought Him, He was found by them. Oh, my goodness. Always will be. Always has been. This is the unchangeable, undeniable, reliable, eternal truth. Why was the prophet sent to Asa? Because Asa was a king. He was ordained by God to a position of leadership. The very same position of leadership, fathers, that you and I have today. And don't think your children are too old to be talked to are too smart to be reasoned with, are too far to be reached. I close with these admonitions, Father. Fathers, here's your goal today. Seek the true and the living God. You can't teach somebody something you don't know. You need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two, become a teaching priest in your home. Okay? That's all. Come on, carve out some time. If you have to, do it like, 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 like I have to do it. I have to put family time on my calendar. Always have had. You know, when my children were being raised, it was on my calendar. It was family time. And people called and you know, needed me at that time. I'd say, I'm sorry, but I have an appointment. It's necessary. You have to have teaching time. Become a teaching priest in your home. And number three, establish the law. Just exactly what Joshua said. As for me and my house, listen, folks, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to be having none of that business going on here. You hear? We're going to serve the Lord. Will it make any difference? Well, look at verse 7. But you, listen, you, you be strong, and you do not let your hands be weak. That means don't, don't cower down. Don't bow out. Don't abdicate. Don't back up from this. Be strong. Don't let your hands be weak. For your work, says the Lord, let me be a prophet today, your word shall be 
rewarded. It happened for Judah, and it can happen for us. Amen? Remember, fathers, a true God, a teaching priest, and the law. Father, thank you. Now I pray, Lord, that you would love on our congregation this week and use us to love on our communities. I pray, Lord, you would keep us healthy, Lord. I pray blessings and encouragement, Lord. I pray peace, Lord. I pray, God, that the fathers of this house would rise up as teaching priests in their home. God, I pray, sir, that you would bless us and make us a blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.